mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 13. Now, we began in our last lesson what's called Typically, the Olivet Discourse, it's on the Mount of Olives. From the Mount of Olives, you can clearly see Jerusalem. You can see the temple. And Jesus is teaching here, and our evangelist gives us some information uh, that is not, is not in all the other Gospels. I, Matthew 24 gives the Olivet Discourse. Luke 21 gives the Olivet Discourse. This morning, we're going to be dovetailing in, uh, starting in verse 10, but we'll probably dovetail with verse 9. So by way of review, we really, you see that this begins, they're in the, the temple area. Uh, the Mount of Olives is where we'll be by verse 3. And the disciples, they're looking, as our nature is, at the magnificence of buildings, of structures, of things that are built isn't it, isn't it normal for us to do that? We look at, we go visit the Empire State Building. We think of different things that are huge, and we have the wonders of the world. And, and they are doing that. And Jesus says to them that there will not be one stone left that will not be thrown down. And it kind of makes a marvel because... This is a magnificent structure, and it's the temple of God, and He's the Messiah. So, so wait a minute, but, but notice how their mind is on the carnal. It's down here. And that's our tendency. That's why we always have to take heed, which is what He's going to tell us four times in this text. It's why we always have to, to, to be staying focused and listen to what the Holy Spirit is teaching us so we get our eyes off the physical and carnal and temporal and we get our eyes fixed where our citizenship is at on the heavenly perspective, on the eternal and learning to listen to God's voice and be led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to teach us so that when things do happen that are out of our own control, we already know what to do. And see, this is what He tells us, is that He's told us all these things beforehand so that they do not bother us the same way they bother a watching world, the sons of disobedience. So that we do not panic because we know we are eternal. No matter what the world does to us, we're eternal. And that He's already paid for us. So He's writing to make sure that we understand that all of these magnificent structures that we look around at, all of this temporal stuff will one day go through fire. It will be destroyed. 
So where is your heart focused on? What are you gathering for? Where do you put your strength at? Is it in earthly, physical, temporal? Some would say demonic things. Like the earthly, central demonic wisdom. Or are we those that have become new creations that have been set free from the bondage of the things of this world so that we can be led by the Spirit of God who now dwells in us to do the will of God, the work of God, for the glory of God. So he says they're going to be thrown down, all these things. It's going to be destroyed. And I believe, it's just my opinion, it's good to know future things, and I talked about this last week, eschatology, very important to know, so you know which way God is going, where He's going, but there are those times and things that you have to be careful about. If you get so busy chasing future events, when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, for today has enough struggles of its own, if you get so worried about what's going to happen in the future, you forget about doing the work of the ministry in the present. And today is the day for salvation. Today is the day for deliverance. Today is the day for you to be delivered, for me to be delivered, for us to be delivered together, and then reconcile others to God. Now, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to study in times. Because if you'll remember all the Old Testament that we're studying, that's telling us what was going to happen in the end time. And that becomes a very testimony to the veracity of God. Because you see that everything he said in the Old Testament happened so far. Everything that he's telling us is always going to happen. So to the believer, the reader, the one who's listening, we should see it as the faithfulness of God. The testimony of God who cannot lie. So now we know that everything he says is going to come true. That we're, 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 we're secure in the beloved. We can rest in that and go out in His power, His strength, His might, because of His blood, because we believe in Him. And we know what to do, because it's really simple. We've been given one ministry, the ministry of reconciliation of souls, according to 2 Corinthians 5. We've been given one mandate, one book, and we serve one God. It's not real complicated. But our flesh wants to complicate it. Our desires want us going everywhere else, chasing everything else, even good things. When we chase things of the Bible, that it's not for us to know. Think about it. The boys in Acts 1. Oh, will you at this time restore all these things? And he says, it's not for you to know. You're supposed to go. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So sometimes even in the good things, we begin to pursue them but not according to the Spirit leading us. We just do it because we need to know. And in many ways, that's what they're saying here. Jesus says it's all going to be thrown down. It's all going to burn. And they say, when? And he, instead of answering when, he redirects them and says, take heed. Here's going to be some signs. Here's going to be some things. This is what's going to happen. But don't be freaking out and panicking because that's just the beginning of sorrows. Isn't that what he says, verse 5? Verse 8, beginning of sorrows. He tells us that, that, that nation will rise against nation. He tells us these things that are going to happen. 
Yes, he's speaking. Listen, he's speaking to the disciples. But as he speaks, his reference in their life is really going to be referencing uh, A.D. 70 when Titus attacks Jerusalem and tears down the temple. But it's actually a prophecy of the end times. It's actually a prophecy of when everything goes and, and, and the Antichrist comes. It becomes a prophecy just like the Old Testament telling us what's going to happen as examples in the future. It becomes a literal prophecy and it's got a dual message in it. Yes, this happened to them. Yes, this has already went and, and, and when all of these things started to happen and they were attacked. Yes, the Christians, they fled to Pella in the mountain region. Yes, it was about Israel, but it's also in reference to the last days. It's also in reference to the last judgment. See, the nation of Israel rejected their Messiah. The nation of Israel continued to say no to their Messiah. They, there was Jesus right there. And so when you continue to reject truth, reject salvation, reject deliverance, then eventually judgment comes. Destruction comes. We've seen it all throughout the Bible with other types of full destruction. Noah and the flood. Sodom and Gomorrah. We've seen it uh, with Israel continuing to reject God. The northern tribes went first, then the southern tribe of Judah into captivities. The temple being destroyed and halfway rebuilt. The temple being destroyed, then fully rebuilt in Nehemiah's day when they returned. All of those were a picture, if you will. A prophecy, if you might say of the future full destruction of everything that looks magnificent. The future destruction of all carnality and flesh and punishment for all those who reject truth. And it's hard for us to fathom that one day it's all going to be destroyed. But he tells us these things ahead of times so that we would not be shaken. They're just the beginning of sorrows. And then he says again, but verse 9, watch out for yourselves. For they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must be first preached to all nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given to you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death, and father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake." But he who endures to the end will be saved. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. 
Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter to take anything out of the house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight might not be in winter. For in those days there will be tribulation such as not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until his until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, but take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for telling us all things beforehand. And Lord, help us to see the things that we need to see and understand them and be about your business. Sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of the water through the word. Equip us to go and make disciples. And help us to receive with meekness the implanted word for the saving of the soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, they're the beginning when these things happen. They're the beginning when nation rises against nation, which is the word ethnos. I have to continue to mention it. You should do a study on it. Ethnos, ethnicities, those of the same habit, the same mindset, the same customs, maybe the same worldview. That's where the division is going to be. The same worldview. Those that say no to God. And then on the other side, you have those that are saying yes to God. That's the two. Children of God. There's only one race. And the children of the devil. Those who have not surrendered and believed in Jesus. That battle is going on. It is clear and present today when someone says that our presidency, the election that's still in the balance today, is about the soul of a nation. They lie to you. It's about the souls of people. Something that you guys know. I've said it many times. I'm going to keep saying it. It needs to be out there that this is about the souls of people. It's not the deep state. It's the devil in his demonic realm. He wants one world government. He wants to be like the most high God. He wants to steal souls. He wants to deceive. He wants you following and focusing on that habit, that custom, that way. And listen to me right now, because right now in the lying snake serpent media, everywhere you look, even in the world, they're already saying the election is over. They're already declaring Joe Biden president. He's already trying to act presidential. They're still counting votes. And there's at least 
five to six lawsuits being filed because of all the cheating and lying and deceiving that went on in the election because one world government, the devil, wants to be on the throne and control you. Listen to me. This is serious stuff. This is what we're talking about when we say perilous times will come. And I've already told you so that you would not have to worry. And yet, much of the church or so-called church joins in with it and says, well, he is president. Look what they say in. The news says it. The news never says anything except to. Led by the spirit and the truth and not by what goes on with your emotions and feelings. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. Why? Because of Romans 8.14. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. So if you're led, if you're motivated, if your life is motivated and led by something other than the Spirit, then at best you're quenching the Spirit. At worst, you're still underneath the lordship of the devil. Whether you believe that or not is up to you and God, and you should be examining it. But the election isn't over. The election has got hundreds of thousands of false ballots that have been filed. And I believe that will prove out in court. The election has been in most of these states that were Democratic-run states used a program that's called the Dominion program that was used to overthrow Venezuela and its democracy. And now it's broke, it's poor. People are fleeing, they can't eat, they don't have anything. And most people think that, oh, socialism is good, Marxism is good, communism is good. Well, the first thing they say is, no God, we want to rule our own way. The second thing they're going to do is they're going to take everything. See, there's big food lines right now, and the government's supplying for everybody, and there's all kinds of food in an abundance. But that's going to be the first thing to go away. There's not going to be an abundance. There's not going to be any motivation to work. There's not going to be anybody paying for it. It's called destruction because the devil wants to destroy America because he's after the people of God. He's, he's wanting people to believe no God. That's what communism, Marxism, socialism believes. No God. The government is God. The government is the family. The government is the one that rules your life. Listen to me. The only family you have is in the government. They're against the family which God created. They're against God's creation and God's word. That's why it's so powerful out there right now when nations against nation and realm against realm. And Jesus still says to you, take heed. Watch that you're not deceived. See, so many people are, oh, Joe Biden's a president. Let's just go on back to normal like we've always been. Let's just go back. Everything's fine. I can't wait for the vaccine to get here so I can get me some and we won't have to worry and wear these masks. I know I'm looking all funny dancing like that. But it's absolutely ridiculous. It's more of the lies and the carnival and the entertainment and the deception because all we're looking for is self to get comfortable again. All we're looking for is self to be taken care of. And if self's okay, 
but we're forgetting that we are eternal. And it's this carnal that's going to be destroyed and thrown down. And people just like the disciples couldn't understand how this whole building was, was magnificent. Herod just finished rebuilding it. Was going to be one day thrown down. And just as sure as Titus marched in and destroyed the whole city, except for the sake of the elect, they stopped. That's why you and I are still sitting here. That was true then. And it'll be true in the future because God has a future work, according to Romans 11, for more elect from Israel, for Jerusalem. He's going to graft them back in, the cultivated nation, his firstborn, back into the cultivated vine. And he's written all this beforehand. He's told us beforehand so that we wouldn't get caught up and washed away in every wind of doctrine and every deception. But we would take heed, and in our hearts we would begin to say, I want to learn the Lord's voice. I want to hear the Spirit's leading. I want to be guided to do the work of the Lord and be sanctified and washed and cleansed for your glory, Lord. Because the other side of this street is bad. And there's only two sides. There's only two nations. There's only two customs. There's only two realms. The realm of the devil that's going to end up at Armageddon being destroyed. In the realm of God, which we already know won the victory on the cross of Calvary. So there's only two worldviews, God's and everybody else's. So again, he says, watch, take heed for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils. Really? They'll deliver you up to councils. Does that mean you got to be arrested? Does that mean you got to give testimony? Look what it says for. Look at this. I love this. And you will be beaten. Really? They were. We might be. Except for God taking us out of here. We will. Christians will. It happened then in persecution. And it can happen future. I don't know where to divide these at. I can't tell you where to divide these at. I know that I can take heed. I can be ready. I can be not deceived. That's the part that God's telling me to do. He's telling us beforehand, don't be deceived. He's telling us beforehand, make sure you're preparing yourself, sanctifying yourself. Don't be building on that sand. The very fact that so many people in Matthew 6 were building on sand and he said be away from it means that there's so many people in the church that are still building on sand. What do you mean, Greg? Well, he says, wait a minute, Lord, Lord. Didn't we do this in your name and that in your name? I never knew you. You thought you were doing it in my name, but you were deceived. Think about that long and hard. We have to be building on his foundation. His name, his character, his nature, what he's told us beforehand. It's clear. It's not a joke. That's the scariest part about this is that so many people in the world today all have Bibles, all have the Spirit convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment, and we go about life like things are normal, even in a pandemic. Really? There's a pandemic? Really? Is there a pandemic? Really? No, there's a deception. There's a great deception going on designed to cause you to fear 
designed to cause you to be motivated by what they want you to do where they want you to go, how they want you to live. They want to control your life instead of the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the truth of God. They want you to talk about COVID and everything else instead of about Jesus. Notice exactly what He tells these to do. Don't be deceived. Don't panic. But what does He say? You're going to be beaten in your synagogues, which can be a general synagogue where they meet, or it can be a regular meeting place, so it can apply to both generations, then and now. You will be brought before rulers and kings. Why? For my sake. For a testimony to them. So what are you supposed to do in everything? Listen, make no mistake. I don't care whether it's your flat tire. I don't care whether it's I need a new job. I don't care whether it's an earthquake. I don't care whether it's as you've been arrested for the gospel as Paul was and as other Christians were and as that happened in, in AD 70 with Titus. Whatever is going on in your life, if you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants to use that incident as a testimony to give witness to the majesty of God, to give witness that you have not, you're not living in their customs, to give witness that you believe in, in Christ by faith and that you're not going to react the same way everybody else reacts to the flat tire. You're not going to react to COVID the way everybody else reacts. You're not going to react to an earthquake the way everybody else reacts. That's why the church is the most benevolent. They run out to help in an earthquake. They don't hide in their house. That's why the church is the most relevant because when COVID hits, they don't run and hide. They go to tell people about Jesus. That's all we're called to do. The ministry of reconciliation. So no matter what's going on in your life, I don't care how bad it is, how good it is. Maybe your life is joyous. It's supposed to give witness to Jesus before whoever you speak before. And it's supposed to be led by the Spirit because he said, take no thought or premeditate what you will say, but the Holy Spirit will give it to you in that hour. So he's led. It's a child of God. It's a person of God. Now you gotta, you got to watch some of the nuances that are in here because he's going to tell them to pray. He's going to tell them, take no thought. Now think about this for a minute. It has to be for that generation of Christians, and it's probably not as much for this generation, even though he says, let the reader beware. Now you and I know, but the nation of Israel won't know because they don't read this text. There's some scholars that study it, but they don't believe in the Messiah. But you and I know what's getting ready to happen. Many of them don't know. So when he says to pray, he's talking to us. When he tells us in Romans chapter 11 that we're supposed to be making Israel jealous. We're serving their God. See, we know things that they don't know, that they don't believe, because our eyes have been opened by the Spirit of God, if indeed we have the Spirit of God. So listen, they're going to be beaten. They're going to be delivered up. This actually happened. They actually fled to the mountains of Pella. They had to flee. And there were actually those that God stopped it so that people are still alive that can share Christ today. We're supposed to be taking heed, watching. We're supposed to make sure that we understand what's going on and how we're supposed to be living concerning these times. They're going to beat you, deliver you up. You're going to be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. What's that mean? My sake? Really? 
So it wasn't nothing that we did wrong. Why are they attacking the Christian worldview? Why is there an attack on creationism? Why are Christians being arrested for not baking a cake? Why are Christians arrested for not performing a homosexual wedding? Think about it. Why is persecution going to come to the church? Why are the voters for Trump going to be punished for voting for Trump? It's not the worldview. I mean, it's not, it's not the, the secular world. It's the Christians they're after. It's God's word they're after. They want to silence it. They want to shut it up. That's why when one cake baker won't bake a cake, they arrest them. They, they, they go to them and they sue them. They shut them down. You can't be part of the marketplace anymore. Because then the next cake baker either closes their business naturally or they bake the cake and compromise the word of God when they show up again. So thus, silencing the witness, silencing the testimony, silencing the worldview. They call it cancel culture. And it's done with force. They take it by force. God takes it with love, kindness. What's your testimony going to be? It's not because of you doing something wrong. It's because of you doing something right. It's for the Lord's sake. Because of is what that word means. On account of. By reason of. They did nothing. They just believed. That's the way we we received Jesus. We believed. We trusted. He's the Messiah. Then they did nothing except tell people about it. And they're going to be delivered to councils. They're going to be beaten. They're going to be scourged. They're going to be killed. Because they hated Christ. They hate you. It's the same thing they did in AD 70 and all throughout the world. And why there's more people being killed today. Martyred in other countries. It's for Jesus' sake. Not because of what you did. And so if we're quiet, like little church mice, and we keep it in these walls, and we don't take it anywhere else, and we just shut up, and we accept what they're doing, if they silence us, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Be really good. Except there'll be no witness, no testimony. Nobody that's living for Christ and says, I'm not going to shut up because I love the lost. Because Christ loved the lost. He came to save the lost. He's worried about the soul, not about the buildings. He's worried about the soul and making an eternal house that are living stones that are all built together and chipped away at. And he's making a sanctuary. We are it, the church, his bride, his children. We worry more about buildings, physical than we do people spiritual in our carnal church today. To give testimony or be a witness is to give evidence. To be silent. Listen, you have the right to remain silent. Whatever you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Hard to be silent. 
Listen, you can be silent out loud, but when you when you're on when you're when they're watching your algorithms and you're clicking on your little mouse and you're sharing little Jesus stuff, they're gonna round you up for re-education. You gotta learn new. You you might as well speak out loud. You might as well go out in the middle of the street and get a bell and ring it. You might as well ring it and say, Jesus is Lord. Can't hide that you're a Jesus follower, if you really are. Listen, I keep saying if you really are, not to, not to, to make you guess, wonder, and worry, and freak out. But you should already know. You should already know if this word becomes alive to you. If this word is your passion, if this word and learning what he said to us, John tells us these things I have written to you that you might know you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the Son of God. It's not a one-time thing where you say a prayer. You need to know that. And really the evidence and witness and what you say and do will present that truth. And he says, and the gospel must be first preached to all the nations. Nations, again, is ethnos, ethnicity, those of certain customs, habits. And I learned, I, I, I didn't even know it. My brain, I know it now that I was reminded of it, that a nun wears a habit. Did you guys know that? It's a covering. It's an outer garment that is over the flesh. And see, that habit is who you are. That's what this word nation means. A race with the same habit. An outer garment over a woman's clothing. Your custom, your mindset. What are you wearing? Are you wearing fear of man? Or are you wearing fear of God? Have you been clothed in righteousness? Do you know your position? Your breastplate of righteousness because of the belt of truth? See, these are things that, that, are, that, are, that are Bible 101, and yet when we start to talk about them in the church today, they act like you're a Jesus freak or you're some holiness freak, and they're Bible 101. Everything about it. It's not even meat. In Hebrews, Paul calls it elementary principles elementary what's elementary in the world today our elementary schools they're learning to go no that's not an o that's an a you just made you can't put that little stick on there because then it becomes an a you know you're learning these little elementary principles you and i and i know we're all like children we keep having to learn some things over and over and over and repetition is the best way but we should have a heart to desire the pure milk of the word the logogiska it's where we get the word logical for logos there in First Peter, the pure milk of the word. That's a great word. Because it's going to give us logic and reason and how to live in this world, in this culture, but not be part of it and still have a creationism mindset, a worldview that looks to God, a worldview that knows he's coming back, a worldview that knows that all of this is going to burn down. But we shouldn't be finding our identity in what we have or don't have. 
We shouldn't be finding our identity on the clothes and what we drive. We should find our identity in our habit, in getting into the Word, in, in our customs, in our race, because that's the battle at the end of the day. And the time will tell But what we're witnessing of to the nations. The whole nation's going to hear this. Listen, every, every person ever born will hear the gospel. And one day, every knee will bow to the praise of His glory. There'll be those bowing to worship Him and those bowing to beg for a second chance because after the death, there's no more chances. It's appointed for man to die once and then comes the judgment. Verse 11, 13, 11, But when, because it's going to happen, not if, when they arrest you. Now listen to me. This happened to them. We know that. It's written down. Different historians write this stuff down. They were, they were secular historians for the most part that was writing down all the things that happened. They kept track of it that way. They didn't have the recordings to go and get it. See, like we have today. So, it's already happened. It may not happen in the future to us. God says, my people are not appointed for wrath. My children are not appointed for wrath. But that does not mean that we won't suffer persecution, tribulation, trouble. Because Jesus said, through much persecution, through much suffering, shall you enter the kingdom of God. God uses suffering to get us to cry out to him. God uses pain and suffering to get us to turn to him or you turn to the other father, the father of lies, and you say, help me. You, can, you only have two places to turn. And that's why you have to know where to turn. You have to know to pray. You have to know where your help comes from, who your father is, who's telling you the truth, who's deceiving you. You say, well, I went to vote and I just couldn't figure out whether uh, Trump was lying to me or Biden was lying to me. Both of them are lying to you. Quit putting your hope in this world. One might have a better flat platform for this world, but both of them are liars. Let all men be known to be liars, but God to be truth. One of them's trying to destroy your soul. The other one's a businessman who's trying to just save a nation. Because he knows that nobody's going to want to work. He knows that nobody's going to want to do anything if we follow the devil. But just like Cyrus, he probably doesn't know he's being used by God the way he is. That doesn't matter. God can use a donkey. God's ways are not our ways. When they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry. Don't, don't worry. Don't be anxious beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. This is not, listen to me, this is not pastor, teacher, Bible study leaders, this is not a verse for not studying the Bible to teach others and help equip them to be the saints. 
But whatever is given to you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now that is great help in teaching. Because that's the way I teach. I study. I divide the text. I search the words. I pray a lot. I read the text. But then, after I've done all that I can do, I just stand with wobbly knees and walk up here. And then I trust the Holy Spirit to use my physical faculties, my voice, and what He wants to say through what I've studied to do. But if you don't have it in your heart, He can't draw it out of your heart. Now, He's the Holy Spirit. He can do all kinds of things. But don't show up and go, I'm ready to teach and not have nothing to teach. It won't end well. You have to study the text. You have to pray over it. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. That was just a little bit of tidbit for, because there are those out there right now that says, if you didn't go to cemetery and you just go into the pulpit and you trust the Holy Spirit to use you, then you're a cult. You're a false church. They say that. They literally say that that is, is deception to only trust the Holy Spirit. And that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says the children of God are to be led by the Spirit of God, taught by the Spirit of God, guided by the Spirit of God, given wisdom from God. But we have to do our part of it and then trust the Spirit for the power, the strength, the might, and for the utterance from our mouths. So he's saying in this time, though, when the persecution arises, when it did in A.D. 70, when those things were happening, when they were rounding them up, that not, not even premeditated, because you know what? You're, you're, men's hearts are going are gonna to melt. Men's hearts are going to give out over the things that are going on. He says, the Holy Spirit will give it to you in that moment. Isn't that who we want? to give us information, to testify the truth, the one who knows the heart of God because he is God, to give us what to say to people, to give us what to say to even our persecutors. So again, be careful. And where you set your heart and your mind, you can sit down today and begin to prepare what I'm going to say if they ever arrest me. What I'm going to say, I'm going to get it ready. And the Holy Spirit, help me, tell me, what should I say if they arrest me for preaching the gospel and now your focus is on something that the bible clearly tells you not to be focused on clearly tells you not to be focused on but you think you're doing a good thing but you're not doing the right thing we settle for god's best many times or excuse me god's we settle for good instead of god's best many times we're clearly told don't focus on that just like we're told take heed the boys want to know, when are these things going to happen? And he says, listen, you're trying to focus your affections and your mind, and you're trying to get answers that you don't need to know. Nothing wrong with learning, nothing wrong with preparing, nothing wrong with knowing the Scriptures. But the more important part, Jesus would tell everybody that believes in him is not to be deceived. Not to be redirected Instead of staying the task of being a witness and giving testimony. The Holy Spirit, notice it's given in that hour, grace for the moment. And it's the Holy Spirit who will speak. So we know this is a born again person. First, they're concerned about the things of God. Second, they're being persecuted. Third, they have the Holy Spirit. The Bible's telling us right now. 
So don't worry. Don't be anxious in advance. Don't take thought beforehand is what that means. Be ready to give witness. Study to show yourself approved. And then he goes on in 12. This is what he tells us is going to happen. Brother will betray brother to death. See, this is life and death. This is about souls. This is about breathing. Look at what it says, to death. It's not cheating you out of a few dollars. This is about life and death. This is about blessing and cursing. This is a warning from God to take heed, not to be deceived. Somebody you think is a brother, maybe in your own family. To death. Father, his child. Children will rise up against parents. And cause them to be put to death. That's some pretty serious stuff, guys. Talking about death. And you will be hated, murdered. Hate in your heart is murder. By all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Namesake. A name is always character, nature, and will. We're talking again about mindset. We're talking again about why we're being hated. We're talking again about why the betrayal. Why the death. Why the murder. Look at this. This is going back to our habits, our custom, our worldview, who we're serving. What would make a father deliver their child to be killed except for him thinking in his mindset that that person not following the rules of our customs of the world is a detriment to everybody else. So he turns in his own child because he believes in his heart that he's protecting everybody else. Because love is love. But it has nothing to do with the Bible. It has to do with indoctrination. And see, we've allowed for 40 years our schools to remove God, to remove creationism, to remove truth. And they've been indoctrinated. So don't be surprised when they turn you in for having 20 people at the Thanksgiving dinner. Don't be surprised when they think that all they're doing is protecting people from COVID because they're listening to the government. Don't be surprised when their worldview is, is that we got to live in fear of climate change. We got to live in fear of COVID. We got to live in fear of, God, of not pleasing the government. Don't be surprised. It's their habit. It's their custom. It's what they've got on. But we're clothed in Jesus. And we've been told beforehand that it's coming. It happened once which is prophetic to the fact that it's going to happen in grander scheme again. Now, we can be pulled out. We can be snatched out. The rapture, the great catching away, harpazo, and not have wrath upon us of God. But it does not guarantee us that we won't go through this simple persecution of having to be re-educated would that be called before rulers and and those that are designated as the rulers of that department that says you have to be re-educated because you don't believe the same worldview and habit that we do i don't know i'm just throwing it out there
If you post something on your Facebook or you post something on the web, on your Twitter feed that doesn't line up with their habit, it's best going to come with a disclaimer now. It's probably going to be pulled down. You might be put in jail. It's going to be physical later. This is not a joke. But the church sets around going, oh, okay, business as usual. Got to get up to work tomorrow. Where's my phone? What should I look at? What movie do I need to watch? Listen, there's great, there's great, great anxiousness going on. Permeating the church who should be at peace with Jesus. Fearful who should be at peace with Jesus. I'm not saying being stupid. But at peace. What else is going to cause verse 12? Brother betraying brother to death. Father his children. Children rising up against parents. And cause them to be put to death. Because they believe they're doing the greater good of the government who says they're God. And that we have to protect against these things. We cannot continue to do life like this. And so we have to tell on others. See, children are being made wards of the state through the school indoctrination systems. The John Dewey indoctrination stations that have taken God out. They're being allowed to get abortions without parents' consent. Well, why would they get an abortion? Because the parents, without parents' consent. Because they've been handed condoms in first grade and taught that safe sex is the best sex because it reduces teen pregnancy when in fact no sex and abstinence is the best bet. God's Word. But they say no to God, so they're building their own little utopia with their own little habit, custom, and mindset. And if you put that on, you're still dead. But if you're a Christian, you've put on... Christ as a garment you're being clothed in Christ and you're taking off the old garment Colossians 3 you're putting on new garments of truth new habits new desires and I know that many people listening to my voice will say well I don't believe in that. I don't believe in abortion, and I don't believe in, but I got, but, what, what, what does that mean? But. Really? You're still okay? Let's go over to Romans 1. Let's look at Romans 1. See, because that, that disobedient to parents is right there. Children will rise up against parents. My parents don't know anything. My parents are stupid. They think that the COVID is just some type of a joke. They think that COVID is not real. Well, most parents aren't saying that. Most parents are saying that, that the cure is worse than the disease. Most parents are saying that we're not going to be controlled by fear. Most parents are saying that this is ridiculous. We've been fighting the disease all of our life, and it makes more sense to keep doing what we're doing and do it smartly than to just shut everything down to where we're under control and we stay six feet apart because everybody's still getting sick anyway. 
We know the masks don't work. But see, that other habit, that other custom, that other people that have said no to God with their earthly, central demonic wisdom, they are saying the masks work. They are saying that the, the six feet apart works. They are saying a lot of lying things that don't line up with science, just like climate change, just like gender fluidity, just like all of these other things that they're lying about. And you've got to decide which habit you're going to wear, which garment you're going to be clothed in, which world are you living in, and what are you going to give witness to? Because what you're doing is a testimony. How you're living is a testimony. What you're purchasing is a testimony. Everything about you is a testimony. It's for the Lord's sake. They hated him, they'll hate you. Look at Romans 1. I'm going to start in 16 because I want to make sure that we know that we're not supposed to be ashamed of the gospel. The good news that you don't have to stay in that habit, that custom, that old sin nature. That God fulfilled his word. And he brought a Messiah. He brought a Savior who poured out his blood. Look what it says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation, deliverance from the sin nature. For who? For everyone. No, no, no. You keep reading. For everyone who believes. It's for the whole world, but it's for those who believe that he is the Messiah. They believe in the provision of God. For the Jew first, God's chosen people, and also for the Greek, that's every other person. For in it, what's in it? What's in the gospel? Oh my goodness, what's in the gospel? For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Oh, the good news is, is that Christ was tempted in every way and he never sinned. And now he's the end of the law concerning righteousness. And the only way to have righteousness now is to believe in Jesus Christ. And the gospel reveals that. So that's the habit, the custom, the truth we have to put on. If you put on anything else, you're not following Jesus. You're not being led by the Spirit. It's revealed the righteousness of God is Christ. But wait a minute. He who knew no sin, he who was the righteousness of God, the perfection of God, he who knew no sin, the Lamb of God, he became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That we might be conformed to his image. That we might look like him. Positionally we are, but practically we're supposed to be putting on his habit, his mind, his life, his custom. Those things that come from heaven. And when you do that, you're going to have a mindset that's different than those that are still being led by the world, indoctrinated in our schools. See, our schools have become like little churches. They're gathering and assembly places. And pretty soon you won't even have to go to those buildings and they won't need to do all that maintenance. All they'll do is they'll have on e-learning days and they'll have one person teaching every single person math. Do you know when you start to bring that down and you get rid of every other opinion, that's the same thing you're doing with the nightly news. Every one of them telling the same lie. So everybody gets the same demonic message. See, because when it's really hard when I've got uh, uh, two million teachers teaching history, and those two million teachers are kind of like got their own opinions and their own personalities, and they're kind of splitting it out, and one of them's giving a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit. I want them all to get the same exact indoctrination and lie. That way I can be like the Most High God and I can be omnipresent. I can be all-powerful. I can control that heart. Every one of them gets the same train. 
the same workbook, the same textbook, the same lie book, the same playbook. This is really simple stuff. That's why God's given us this book. So that we can put on the habit of heaven. We can put on the mindset of God. And be set free. From the lies down here. Righteousness is revealed. How is it revealed? From faith to faith. As you live by faith. As you walk by faith. Because it is written. The just shall live by faith. Those who are righteous. Those who believe in Jesus. Will live by faith. Let's keep going because here's the mindset we're getting ready to be revealed. And that's what's going on on the planet is the delusion, the wrath of God. People reaping what they sow. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Oh, he reveals both the righteousness and the wrath, the righteousness and the unrighteousness. And he tells us that there's going to be a future wrath. And God's people, those that are walking by faith, are not appointed for wrath. It's revealed from where? From heaven. What is it against? All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Our witness, when it's unrighteous and not following and led by the Spirit, is unrighteous. It's a testimony of unrighteousness. And then there's those who do it purposefully because they said no to God. Because, because His sake, that's what the word sake means, because... What may be known of God is manifest in them. Every person already knows that there's a God. For God has shown it to them. This is all nations will hear. This is all persons will hear. We will all know that there has been a propitiation, a payment for the sin nature. And there can be freedom from that sin nature. And you don't have to go to hell. That's the kindness and the goodness of God who wishes not one person to perish. For since the creation of the world... Since he created, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Now, I know I'm not going to go in depth. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There is no excuses at the throne room. Because although they knew God, they knew him, they seen his invisible attributes, they did not glorify him as God. They didn't give him the glory. They didn't say, yes, Lord. They didn't receive Jesus, nor were they thankful. See that there? Thankfulness is a big deal. It's not, listen, thankfulness is not a fruit of the Spirit. It's an evidence of faith. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. Thanksgiving's coming up. And the world just so happens that other worldview wants to shut down Thanksgiving. Think about that long and hard for me. They want to shut down Thanksgiving because you're not giving it to the state. You're not giving them your glory. And because they were not thankful and received the gift with a heart of mercy and grace to give it to others, they became futile in their thoughts. And in their foolish hearts were darkened. This is, this is the stages of saying no to God. Of ignoring Him and keep following the same habits and customs of others. Yet you say, oh no, I believe in this. I believe in that. There's a downward spiral. Remember Pharaoh? He believed. 
Even his magician said, this is the hand of God. And he said, okay, we better let him go. But then he never would. He never did. He ended up dead. God showed his great power in killing him and destroying the whole army. Listen, professing to be wise. They're not following the science. They profess to be wise. They're not, they didn't go, they don't have a PhD. They didn't go to our schools. They weren't taught by us. They professed to be wise and they killed the Messiah. He didn't go to our schools. And today they expel you if you don't listen to their schools that teach one view and one view only and slowly trickling down to one teacher and one teacher only. Oh, we're going to get there maybe sometime today. The abomination of desolation where that one guy walks up into the temple three and a half years into the tribulation and says, worship me, I'm God. That's that one guy. The Antichrist, substitution instead of Christ. See, that's the other habit. It's the substitution. I want to do this in my own esteem. I want to follow everything else but Christ. That's the Antichrist. If we're not seeking in our heart fully to be led by the Spirit, it's Spirit of Antichrist that's leading us. I know, that's a, that's a big, broad statement. How could you say that, Greg? Well, everything else is flesh. Everything else is the other habit. Everything else is allowing the sin nature to dominate instead of being crucified and dead in the grave. And all of us struggle with this. I was asked, so I said, I think Donald Trump's the Antichrist. And he said, well, why would you vote for the Antichrist? I said, because I think it, I don't know it, and his platform is protecting life. His per- platform is allowing me to preach. Now, I don't know what he's going to do next week. He might decide to put me in jail for preaching, because I'm calling him the Antichrist. I don't know, but everything's Antichrist if it's not being led by the Spirit of God. It's instead of, you've made a choice for it instead of God's perfect plan for you. All of us need to understand that. I need to understand it more than you, maybe. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. We need to be more thankful. We don't want to become futile in our thoughts. Tell lies over and over and over until other people believe them. And our foolish hearts, which is what God wants, be darkened. Take the light out of. Look at the TV programming and everything going on. Look at the teaching in the schools. You know that these kids that are going to turn in their parents, they believe that recycling and saving the planet and worrying about climate change is more important than pornography or murder or killing people? Do you know that they think that recycling is more important? Because that's what they're being taught. Because the only thing that these people can do with their mindset and their habit is try to protect the planet. They can't create another planet. The only thing they can do is try to find another planet. They can't create the planet. All they can do is get rid of people who are useless so they can preserve resources to keep living in their own little utopia. They're not trusting God, so in their futility, they come up with all these ideas to get rid of population. In their futility, they come up with all these ideas, and you know what they do? They're without natural affection. You're going to see it in the text. They begin to abort babies. They begin to kill old people. They begin to say, your child has this much of a chance to be a Down syndrome child. You should get rid of it. And they're wrong. Because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and we should be protecting life with everything that is within us. And not believing their lies. 
if they believed their lies, they wouldn't be out in the streets, thousands of them celebrating a victory that Joe Biden hasn't won without mask and without social distancing. They don't believe their lies. They think you're stupid and you'll believe them. Listen to me. They think you're stupid. Serious. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me use the King Jameth. They think you're brutish. And that they have to tell you what to do. They're liars. Because their habit is the custom of the devil. And they're not being led by the Spirit. And no, I did not say that there's no COVID. And no, I did not say that nobody's going to get sick. A result of sin is that people lie and people get sick. And people die. 100% of them will die. 100%. Check the statistics. That's one of them that they'll give you on the news that they won't lie about. Everybody's going to die. Where'd you go? Where you at? Oh, 22, Romans 1. Professing to be wise, they become fools. The fool has said in his heart, no God. When you think you're wise, you've become a fool. When you think you can do it in your strength apart from the Spirit of God, you've become a fool. You might not stay there. If you're a Christian, you might go, whoa, I was doing that in my own power, my own strength, my own mind. I need to stop that. That's foolish. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. They committed idolatry. Instead of learning who the one true God is and following by the Spirit, they perished for lack of knowledge of who God was. Therefore, God, therefore, there's your transition. What did God do because they did that? He gave them every chance to repent. He gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts. Notice where it's at. It's in the heart. That's what God wants. He's given us everything, the word of God. He's given us the spirit of God. He's given us salvation freely to change our hearts. If we will obey him and surrender to him, he will sanctify our hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchange the truth of God for the lie. Notice what they did. When we say no to God's word, when we say no to God's spirit, when we say no to God's wisdom and God's habit and God's worldview and God's provision for the sin nature, the gospel, which is reveals righteousness, we exchange truth and we follow a lie. And then what do you do, Greg? You worship and serve the creature. Notice the creature can't create nothing except havoc, pain, suffering, instead of the creator who is the blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God, again, therefore God gave them up to vile, evil passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. See, it's no surprise that this is now celebrated in the street with parades. It's no surprise that this has now become normalized. Because it's the wrath of God being delivered and presented as they continue to go away from God's habit, God's custom, God's way. This is where you end up at. 
That's why when salvation comes, you begin to follow him. And he says that he delivers you from the lie. And you can become like him if you will be in the way with him. But if you're being seduced by their ways, you're still going their way. You're still becoming futile in your mind. You're still following the reprobate ladder down into hell. But we're called to be sanctified. We're called to be glorified. Believing in him is the starting line. It's not the finish line. He gave them up to vile passions. Even women exchanged the natural use for what is not, or excuse me, what is against nature. All of nature knows that. You ever see homosexual animals? You ever see any gay animals? Oh, no, no, they don't talk. You never see it. They don't mate with each other. Nature knows it is abnormal. I said, I've never seen it. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now, anybody can repent. And even as they did not like to retain God. Why did they do all of this? Because they did not like to retain God. They said no to God. They don't want to listen to God. They don't want to receive His provision. They don't want to receive His leading. They don't want to hear His voice. They want to silence it through drugs. We're legalizing drugs, people. Heroin. Cocaine. They've done it in other countries that are postmodern, that are not living for God. They've long left God. That's what communism, that's what Marxism, that's what Joe Biden will bring to you. No police and drugs. Kamala Harris said it right on. I will commute every sentence in America that was convicted of marijuana. I will legalize marijuana. Make no mistake, marijuana is a drug. Make no mistake. They don't want God's knowledge. Do you? Do we? It's contained here in the scriptures. It's in the throne room as we pray. It's revealed as we meet together. Because where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst trying to equip them, trying to sanctify and cleanse them. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a debased mind. That's the final. Debased mind. Reprobate mind. Useless. Worthless. Good for nothing. To do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness. That's it's done. See, the gospel reveals righteousness. The gospel offers a gift of righteousness. But when we continue to say no to the gospel, it's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And then you become filled at the latter point. The end of that latter is all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. What are they going to do? They're going to deliver them up for death, deliver them up for murder because of their worldview. Can't you, the two can't abide together. Strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. Does this remind you of 2 Timothy 3, perilous times? Violent. 
Does this remind you of people that don't get their way and they throw a temper tantrum in the street and burn down five miles of businesses in Minnesota? Boasters. Oh, and they're inventing evil things also? Disobedient to parents. That's the reason I wanted to get you here. One of the reasons. They're going to turn their parents in because of their worldview, because of their mindset, because they've been delivered away from God and told these other things are true. And the parents were supposed to be training them in the way that they're supposed to go. But they allowed the secular institutional world of the devil to train their children into a different habit, a different custom, a different worldview. And then their children turn them in because their children believe that you should recycle Your children believe that climate change is real. The children believe that gender fluidity is real. Let them do their own thing. You know, and there's a sense in me that if you're not part of the church, do your own thing. I'm still going to preach to you because it's the goodness of God that brings you repentance. But but I'm not worried about that out there. We need to worry about this in here because we're supposed to be sanctified. We're supposed to be given witness. We're supposed to be keeping each other accountable. Judgment starts in the house of God. That's what happened in A.D. 70. The house of God was thrown down because it rejected God. It rejected who He was. It rejected the Messiah. It rejected the one that said He would come. And it's the same thing that's happening in the church today. That's why judgment will start with God's house and not with the world, the devil's house. That's last. First, the rapture of the church, God's house will go home. Right? And then God will deal with the other houses, which are disobedient, and this here, disobedient to parents. Isn't that interesting? They're undiscerning. They don't know how to make judgments, but the Word of God gives you discernment. It gives you wisdom and truth. They're untrustworthy. You can't trust them for anything. They say they're going to do, and they never do. Unloving. They don't, they don't, they don't have any natural affection. We're putting people, we build homes. Listen to me. We build houses. Oh, well, it's a creation of jobs, Greg. We build houses to put elderly in them. And then, because we have no natural affection and we think we're wise but we're foolish, we send people with COVID and sick diseases into those buildings and kill them because we don't care anyway. All we care about is power. All we care about is our grand buildings. All we care about is doing what we want to do and forget about everybody else. But that's not the gospel. Philippians 2 tells us we're supposed to look out for the interest of everybody else. God is. He's concerned about everybody. He died for everybody. He's helping everybody. He's serving everybody. That's why God is love and not love is love. Because when love becomes love, you only help those you want to help. And the others you leave to die in a ditch. Because that's where you end up if the blind leads the blind. Living in the ditch where these whole characters here would envy and murder and sexually immoral and wicked that's where they end up at their evil mindedness is blindness it's a ditch living so they have no love because god is love and if you say no to god it's impossible to have love they're unforgiving first quality i love about god is forgiveness he forgives me because of the blood of jesus because i believe him and trust him unmerciful Isn't that how we got that first gift? Mercy, a throne of mercy. 
who knowing the righteous judgment of God, believe me, people know this, the people that are saying no to God, they understand this. They know the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. The wages of sin is death. If you practice righteousness, you're righteous. That's what it says right in 1 John. If you practice evil and wickedness, you've never known God. It's the practice. It's your habit. It's your custom. It's what you're doing with your heart that tells whether you have evidence and testimony of the true spirit of God in you deserving of death if you practice unrighteousness where do you get righteousness well it's revealed in the gospel Paul said he's not ashamed of it Christ is my righteousness I don't have any of my own let's end there let's don't finish the rest of the verse not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Because you might be in that place where you say they're allowed to do that. It's okay if that's what they want to do in their own house. The word approve there is have pleasure in. That's why we're called to tell people the truth. Because see, if you let them without telling the truth, start with that futile thought and believe that other habit and that other doctrine, they end up with the debased mind. If you never tell them, they never have a chance for their conscience to hear the truth and the righteousness of God. Then you may be held accountable in your witness. Because the Bible teaches us that we're watchmen on the wall. And if we warn them and they disobey then their blood's not on our hand. But if we don't warn them and they disobey, then their blood could be upon our hand. That's why we're supposed to speak up and stand up and not shut up. And it's because of the power of God. And it's for Jesus' sake. It's not because of us. And yet, you know, in the day in the church, if somebody does speak up, we talk bad about them. We say they're self-righteous because we don't even understand that the gospel reveals where the righteousness comes from and reveals the mandate to preach and reveals that we're supposed to tell the truth. We begin to attack and want to cut the head off the John the Baptist. And we begin to want to bring in a bunch of red herrings and say, well, I've seen them and I heard them cuss and I know that they have stuff. None of us are perfect. We're all being sanctified, but we're supposed to be going and obeying and being led by the Spirit and not following the habit of this world. You're not going to find any perfect Christians. Like I said before, they'll say, well, they're all hypocrites. Well, you're going to let a hypocrite get closer to God than you are? You're going to get mad and walk away from God because of a hypocrite? You're a hypocrite. We're all hypocrites. There's nobody but hypocrites. There's nobody but sinners. Unless, of course, you've been saved by grace and you understand that the gospel reveals where righteousness comes from and that there's a new and living way that you can walk in. But when you're walking in it, you have to tell other people that they can't find pleasure in this, that they have to stop approving this because when you approve of it, you're just like them and you'll receive the same wages. The same way a prophet or a righteous man receives the same wages when he supports a prophet. When he supports a ministry, you get that reward. You didn't do the work, but you prayed for them. You gave them money. You helped them do it. You made sure the gospel went out. It wasn't your gifting, but you were involved in the kingdom of God. And God gives us. He said, we'll do greater works than he did. He tries to give us the credit for it. But when we see him, we'll say, no, 
and we take the crowns off and we lay them at his feet and we sing, worthy is the lamb. Because we know we're not worthy of salvation. Nobody is. But that's not an excuse to continue to go on sinning and living the way we've been living forever. So don't be surprised when your children turn you in for not recycling, for not wearing a mask, for not taking the vaccine, for not doing what the government says, the totalitarianism government that's going to rule with an iron fist because they've been trained because we've been asleep that America is evil. That America is racist. That America is wrong. The same way the nation of Israel was trained and learned finally that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. They were falsely taught and they were deceived. And that blindness has come in part for you and I so that the fullness of the Gentiles can come in if we would read Romans chapter 11. If we would learn the scriptures. And God, for the sake of those elect, did not allow them to be totally destroyed. Because it was all a picture. It was a type. It was a prophecy of the final days that we're now living in. When everything will be judged. Everything will be destroyed. Everything will be burned up. And he'll put his feet back on the Mount of Olives. And step on it. And there'll be a great earthquake. And it'll split in half. Because that's what it is. Two worldviews. Which one are you following? One of my favorite singers used to sing that. Which Jesus do you follow? See, I couldn't even get through these verses. Who did that? I've tried for two weeks to get through those verses. 23 verses. Verse 13, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. There's that word again. Because of His name. Because He is holy. Because the battle's against Him. Because they hate Jesus. They hate God. Their habit is against God. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Really? There's a prerequisite? Hated means especially to persecute, to detest. It says, brother will betray brother. Betray means put in prison, deliver up. Surrender. We're supposed to be surrendering to the Holy Spirit. They will surrender you to the authorities for not obeying. I told the before we started, I told them of the new Amazon building in Arizona. Because see, many people think, oh, come on, this is drastic. See, China doesn't believe in God. They believe they are God. The same way that Nero and Titus, they said, I am God, worship me, there is no God. And they demanded allegiance to their throne. China doesn't believe in God. And the new Amazon building, 
has a tracking system in it. I told I, some of you heard this. They have COVID police already in the building because they're starting to receive shipments. And the whole tracking system keeps track of red and green dots. If you're a red dot, they know to call you in the office and say you've been getting too close to people. You have to stay more separated. You're not a good liability for our company. The bathrooms are built with, with plexiglass, with your own private sink, your own private hand washing. It's all designed to stay this way, not get better. As Joe's telling you, it's not going to get better and we're going to stop doing this. This is the same system that's been developed by our high-tech people in America for China to reward and punish Chinese citizens. They have this system working in their entire society. They know where your red dot is, where your green dot is, because you're carrying a cell phone. They know what you're doing, how close you are, how many is in your house. And they can read better who you are when you're six feet apart. Now some are saying 15 might work. Listen, this is insanity. This is from the devil. This is futility. And God's people should not fall for it. Do you really think that handshaking? Listen to me. When, or a mask? Or anything that they're saying is going to help you when you're still in the same space as somebody else? A virus is a virus is a virus. This one might be more deadly. I don't know. But whether I'm in your space, this close or that close, this air is moving right now. It's a lie to control. It's fear to dominate all climate change is all of the social police is all of the cancel culture is why is the news showing us some of these things because when you see that then you won't do that because you see the ramifications of that but when your mindset is on being a witness for Jesus, no matter what they're doing, because you're led by the Spirit of God, you have a mandate for God, and they cannot destroy the soul. Listen to me. You don't shut up because of a cell phone. You don't shut up because of some job. You don't shut up because of something else. Because you've been given authority from the Most High God who called you, He chose you, and you already know beforehand what they're doing. We'll get to it eventually, but it's coming again in full power. The other ones were prophecies, they were types, but it's getting ready to happen in reality. What am I talking about? Again, the abomination of desolation, which we'll get to that Daniel spoke of in Daniel 9.27. You might read Daniel for our next lesson. Just read chapter 9, maybe. But it's really time for the church not to be deceived, for the church to wake up, for the church to understand the mandate from Jesus is not about the times, but about being awake when He comes about be watching 
for his glorious appearing, about being working for the salvation of souls because it's the only ministry he has given us. It should be paramount in our minds. It should be our number one. And it should start in our families, in our homes, with our children. Because that's what they're using to attack us. We see it in the scripture. Eventually their mindset will be such that they will turn us in. Even knowing that we're going to be murdered, they're going to believe that it's better for you to be arrested than for thousands of people to be affected. And this is all conditioning for the mark. You're now free to move about the world. If you give your allegiance because of the debaseness of your mind to the Antichrist who is going to set everybody free. It's pretty sad. Even Israel believes it's their God, their Messiah. For three and a half years. So he says he is God. And he stands in the place that he ought not to stand. We'll talk about that in our next lesson. Father. Thank you for saving wretches like me. Thank you that there's salvation for every wretch like me. And Lord, we know that the devil wants us all to be at the end of the reprobate ladder and to make it normal to live in a ditch, to make it normal to say no to you, to make it normal to destroy souls instead of save souls. To make it normal to kill babies, to kill handicapped people, to kill senior citizens, to house them. In places all by themselves because they're not good for anything else. How sad, Lord, when we're supposed to respect the age and look to the age and learn from the aged and that it's an inheritance from you that they have that wisdom that they've learned from you. Yet we would make them outcast. Have mercy on us, Lord, for the 600,000 babies we killed this year. Have mercy on us, Lord, for walking away from you. Have mercy on us, Lord, for saying no to you and rejecting you and thinking that it's enough just to say a prayer at some altar in front of people and that witness is finished. Have mercy on us, Lord, for being asleep, apostate. Have mercy on us, Lord, for allowing the enemy to deceive us Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord, and help us to be witnesses and desire to see souls saved. In Jesus' name and for his glory, we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. 
If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear?